0: fear that would take the heart of me.
1: A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship.
2: But it is not this day.
0: An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is...
3: Oh dear, on this good earth, I bid you
4: than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes,
3: this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. So is that or is that
5: not better than Bill Pullman's speech in Independence Day? It's not as good as Bill Pullman's speech, but it's better than the Braveheart speech. It's a close
3: second for me. Good call. Good call. Welcome back to Cannon Fodder, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Ed. And we are here today at 3BR Distillery in Keyport, the sponsor of the Review Podcast Network, um, for their special uh,
5: Tolkien-inspired cocktail oh, cocktail event, cocktail day. I don't know what the official name is. Yeah, it's a cocktail event. If you look on their menu today, they have a brand new listing of Middle Earth cocktails. They make a grog, a white tree, honey cakes, lavender lemon lembes, which is like the, the, the Elven bread. Does that actually come with the Elven bread? It, well, it comes with a biscuit made by a industrialized company and not elves in the forest, but well, it's the, close the, enough. Nabisco. They yeah. had the little uh, elves in the trees. And then my favorite name is Po-Tay-Toe. <laughs> uh, pronounced just like that and spelled just like that. So, yes. Yeah, so, today, we are doing part one of our three-port Lord of the Rings episode.
3: <laughs> three-port three Lord of the Rings.
5: <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking only about the Peter Jackson canon. So, we are going to talk about the three Hobbit movies and, of course, the three Lord of the Rings movies. And then we're going to get into a little bit of what the future of this universe is like because there is the upcoming Lord of the Rings Rings of Power series on Amazon that is officially, unofficially part of it, but not. And so we're going to talk about, like, is that canon and what we kind of hope to see from that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be just to touch on that right away I think it'll be canon because I mean especially when you think about the opening scene of the Fellowship of the Ring they, they take you through that whole thing about yeah. the rings you know the nine rings given to the, the world of men and the the ones that the elves had and the dwarves and so on and so forth and that seems to be like what the show is going to focus on um but I love that it's set, you know, thousands of years uh, in the uh, in the past. And I know when you look at some of the the cast of characters, there are definitely some names that stand out, like Elrond. Of course, yeah. is one of, and it seems like he's going to be one of the main characters. And Galadriel and, uh, as well. Yep, and um, Isildur. Yep. So I'm um, looking. I'm very much looking forward to this show. But yeah, let's start talking about the, um, like you said, the the Peter Peter Jackson. What, so
5: it's not it's no longer it's not a trilogy. A, a sex top. The trilogy. Well, it's like two separate trilogies. Right? I think that's the best way to describe it. Because, yeah. you know, they both trilogies were, all three films in each trilogy were filmed together. Like, So, yes. so it was like one project. In fact, we'll get into this uh, when we talk about The Hobbit. The Hobbit was supposed to originally be two movies. And very late in the post-production, they made it into three movies just to get that extra money. Of course. <laughs> that Yeah, the, that was the one thing that I got to admit immediately
3: turned me off about The Hobbit. Because I had never read the books, but I knew that The Hobbit was one book. The Lord of the Rings trilogy was always a trilogy of books. The Hobbit was always one book. And immediately when I saw that they had planned to make more than one movie out of one book, I was like... I just don't know if this is going to work. And again, I'll, full disclosure, I'm working off the document yeah. for the Hobbit trilogy or for the Hobbit uh, movie trilogy because I just never saw the Hobbit trilogy. I had absolutely no desire to see it, <laughs> like none whatsoever. Cool. Uh, but absolutely love the original Lord of the Rings trilogy.
5: Yeah, the, the Hobbit was my favorite book. And you know, we have the books actually right in front of us here. We have several Tolkien books. In fact, I even have a book called The Nature of Middle Earth, which is literally like an encyclopedia. So if Matt says something wrong. I will go to like chapter and verse and tell him why he's wrong. How
3: small but is the print on these books? Yeah, but if
5: you look at the books now that Matt's uh, going through, just from the naked eye, you can tell that The Hobbit is the shortest of all the books, and it was one book made into three movies, whereas uh, the three books within the Lord of the Rings trilogy were each a single book. And then part of the reason why the Lord of the Rings books are a little bit longer is they have much longer appendices, which uh, is actually where the... Power, uh, the Amazon show is coming from. So it's not like they um, are adapting a new book or, or one of the other, like, Children of Haroon or Simularian or one of the other, like, works of Tolkien. They are making an entire TV series just based off of, like, the appendices at the very end of this book. Which I think is absolutely the genius. the second age. Everything that we're going to talk about today is the third age. So we're right. talking thousands of years later. I
3: think it's absolutely genius that that's how they're adapting these books here because it's like... They're unlike, you know. I mean, you, you can't you can't help but compare it to Game of Thrones, right? Right. And it's as we all know, the the way Game of Thrones um, ended was uh, not well, um, and do do by and large or largely in part to the fact that you know George R. R. Martin famously had not finished the last fucking book. Yes. So the last, what, two seasons or whatever it was, you know, was just a complete disaster. But you can go back and listen to all our podcasts about that. But what I'm saying is I like the fact that this prequel is uh, based, while, like you said, it's not a complete story, um, it's just based on the the works of the broader world, I think that's absolutely genius. And I'm, I'm very happy that that's
5: what we get to work with on this. Right. Tolkien was such a prolific writer that when it came to something like Game of Thrones or, or Another Property... When they try to fill in stuff, they're kind of starting from scratch. Like, he wrote just for fun, because much of this wasn't released until after he died. He would just write the entire history of something. So, like, you know, when he would mention maybe a a kingdom or, like, an abandoned city or town in, in a book that, like, maybe a character would either walk through or could see or just mention in passing, he himself would write down these elaborate notes about like the 2000 year history of that tree and that area and what it was so so then when you know you go into these prequels and spinoffs and stuff they're 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 pulling from something and uh that's what that's what peter jackson did so well in all this is he was he not only hired some people to be like these um these like fact checkers for lack of a better phrase but he was a huge lord of the rings Fan and right. so and this was his dream project to bring all three of these movies. So we'll start off with our drink of the podcast. So we mentioned the, the, the drinks, and right before we get into it, I'm actually having honey cakes. I have not tried it yet. Honey cakes. Um, so it's a. Uh, it's really. None of the that the, so what there's I there's no ingredients. I looked yeah, at the what, menu to see. I guess it just has Middle Earth ingredients. I know. It's agricultural <laughs> stocks that we wouldn't understand. That's my favorite part of how
3: they did this menu. They they obviously give you the the story of the drink as it relates to the Lord of the Rings universe, but the there's the ingredients are actual like Middle Earth ingredients. So you really have no I have no idea what's going like these this drink that I'm drinking right now, the um, I forget what it's orc called the.
5: Vitality
3: drink. Yes.
2: It's got <laughs> these
3: three floating little like seed things in it. These could be lemon seeds, these could be um, you know, honeydew seeds. They could be pot seeds. I don't know what they are. They're floating around in here. Yeah, the the orc vitality drink has a little bit of a orange color to it, a bit of a spice to it, actually. Um, I'm sure it's a middle earth spice that the orcs, you know, born in Isengard or something, maybe. I'm not really sure, but... <laughs> yeah, the team here went
5: all out getting a Middle-Earth-based provider for all of their <laughs> ingredients today. So with and with, with today's supplier, supply yeah. chain issues? Oh, this was this impressive. Was <laughs> and And, you know, this is actually the... So we're here at 3BR every Sunday. We're recording this uh, Sunday at around 3 o'clock. And... It is busier than it normally is here. We have some uh, see some girls wearing some elf ears. Uh, I know. I love ride. the dedication of these two girls wearing the elf ears like and they're just
3: and it but it is great because nothing else about their outfits is Lord of the Rings. They're no. just dressed like normal human beings from well, regular world. Well, with <laughs> you know they they are the descendants
5: of gentrified know, elves. <laughs> Cuz most people don't know this but you know we're supposed to be in the fifth or sixth age of mankind like technically Middle Earth is supposed to be like the prequel that's how Tolkien described it I think we're regressing yeah so like so like you know like the Amazon show is the second age of mankind the movies we're going to talk about are the third age and Return of the King creates the fourth age and according to Tolkien we're in the fifth or sixth age so these women are just elves in the sixth age so here's
3: the question I want to here's the first question I want to ask about the trilogy right? so I've seen the movies a bunch obviously I've never read the books Right. the one Thing, the one kind of burning question that I've always had about the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and maybe, the, and I'm asking you this because maybe it's explained in the books or maybe it's explained in The Hobbit, um, is so that opening scene we were talking about where the lady of the lady of the lake right is, is, are, no, are you
5: talking about the one ring to rule them all one ring to find them all one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them yes so I so I get the concept of the one ring <laughs> right yes. and the rings of power what I always kind of
3: struggled with because they never really explain it in that beginning montage yeah. is why the rings were created it, it just kind of like one day we created these fucking rings and we gave right. them to men and elves and Sauron was a dickhead and created his own ring. I never like, I, like I understood all of the you know the ring backstory, but I never got, I never knew if there was an impetus for like were they trying to solve a problem? Was it just because somebody could do you know create the rings? I
5: never understood that. It's like the mayor sash from uh, the Simpsons. <laughs> like no, it's, it's it's supposed so it has so so they do have a m- magical value, but it's supposed to be um, like this is this is a world where. Um, leadership is not chosen, you know, via elections or right. anything like that. Like this is the beginning of, of of this political system as they know it. Right. So the rings were like a way they were to bind and give power to the leader. So there were. So that's why there's nine kingdoms of men. There were nine leaders of men. Got it was, it. So so all the dwarves who got it were themselves kings. And the, and the elves who got it were the leader of the elves. So, so the idea we'll, was that it was like their way to kind of like split up the world, and and so th- and so their leadership and authority would flow through the ring. So basically, what we're saying is a
3: Middle Earth system of government is what led to all out war and destruction and
5: poverty. One hundred percent. And then awesome. they—that's they <laughs> why you don't yeah. trust the government people, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the government based off of jewelry. Yeah,
0: <laughs> based off of jewelry. <laughs> There's a multi Python joke. Here.
3: Yes. <laughs>
5: But so yes, so so. Th- so no, that makes a lot right of into a theory, right, There we go. That, Yeah. yeah. So, so that is that is kind of the start of this. And then, of course, as they mentioned in that opening sequence, but this was all um, this was all uh, a plot right. by um, the big baddie in all this Sauron. This is all about h- him making those rings, and he makes his own ring, which is even power more right. powerful. So he kind of like binds them to the system, then he takes power, and then you know th- that's how the first of these movies and book begins. So it's narrated by Galadriel, like we talked about, and then it's nice—you um, see um, Elrond very early, like you don't know who he is, but like right. the guy who's an elf, clearly in command. Yeah, you know he's stuff. important. Yeah, that's good. And but that,
3: yeah, that opening scene—just to—we're going to—I want to gonna, gonna talk a lot about this as we go through because it needs to be discussed—is the 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 cinematography, the fighting, the everything of the direction and the visuals of this movie especially considering the time it was made yeah. um was just and I'm, I'm not even talking about the cgi elements so i'm just talking about the way things were like depicted like right from that very first scene where the orcs are charging, and the elves have that sequential move with their whatever those weapons are called. They look like giant. Yeah, skies, the fight you know. choreography there. Dude, how like just how like
5: as yeah, I know exactly the thing you're talking. It's to. like a wave as right? the wave of orcs attack them, kind of like almost like it's almost like dance like. Yeah, the way
3: they're able to like slice. And them then up. like when the, when the elves are marching in to uh, Helm's Deep in the two towers, and they do that that about face, you know, and it's just like the most some of the most badass shit. And we'll I mean we're gonna spend probably an hour talking just about the Battle of Helm's Deep. But let's yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah and, and that's what is the, is why these movies were successful because there had been other uh, versions and adaptations of Tolkien's work, but it wasn't until 2001 when they had the technology and just the budget to really make it work. And yeah. And one of the ways they did that was they um, they created a new computer system called Weta, uh, from Weta Digital. Yes. And what happened yes. is that they were able to create a system where the battle scenes were all computer generated, and, and like the different individual soldiers would do different things, almost like based on like a computer video game system. Yes, it was
3: absolutely amazing, and it it really takes the the epicness, if you could call it, of the of the movies to a whole different level. Um, you know, and, and they deserve all of the the praise and acclaim they get in that regard because it's it's you know when you when you really kind of peel it back a little bit, especially the stories that are told in the movies, there's, you know, you have the character developments, you have the, the arcs going on, but, like, the main stories really are focused around these giant armies and these yes. battles, right? And that's where, like, again, the, the power be believable. They have to be believable. It has to be believable. And yeah. I'll tell you what, they, they made it more believable than Game of Thrones did. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah and, and that opening sequence is, is important because so much of the Fellowship of the Ring is just a bunch of people on the run. So by starting off the movie where you see all the different races, you see um, the big scale and the different designs. That's what's great too. Is in this movie is from the get go, dwarves have a certain cultural look to them. Elves like it's not yes. just like it's people in armor. Yes, the dwarf armor and, and their language is very specific. Like like everything about them is much more bulky. Yes, it's thick, it's heavy. You know the, the elves are very sleek and nimble. Uh, man is very much what you think of as like medieval armor. Yes, you know. So everybody has their own visual style, and and that really helps. Like as soon as the movie begins, you are in this world. So that's two thousand one, The Fellowship of the Rings, and where we're just, starting. And I
3: also love the um, the different cultural aspects of the main races. How like you know the humans act pretty much as you would like you said expect humans yeah. to, um, but the elves are like these kind of like smug assholes, you know, and the dwarves are just these like short squat Danny DeVito types who love to like gamble and fucking drink and are just you know belligerent I love those little elements that they kind of pepper in throughout the whole the whole series
5: yeah and getting into the the elves not like being kind of superior you know this whole series was written um um between world war one and world war two so, right, so, so which this, is crazy when you think about it. Yeah, so this it. whole aspect of like a rising storm and a single leader obviously was inspired by World War II, but there's also the aspect of it of people not getting involved, of like it's not my problem, isolationism. Yep. And you and you, you see that mentioned time and time again, both with the human, especially Rohan. Yes. Um, in Lord of the Rings, and then with the elves, when you talk about uh, the Hobbit, you know they are content to just kill all of whatever evil beings, be it spiders or orcs, come into their lands, but mm-hmm. they're not going to, like, chase them away. Right, exactly. Like, even though they could easily take them out. So, so so it is kind of like how this, like, shared journey and, and destiny of the uh, um, Middle-Earth isn't realized until it's almost too late every time. Like, at the end of the trilogy, it's always like, oh, we got to team up. Exactly. Like, but then you have three movies of nobody getting along. <laughs> Which is why, like, you know, the
3: just skipping ahead real quick to um, the the Two Towers, the... My favorite of all six of these. Easily. That's my favorite. Easily. Yeah. Because that... Scene, so there are a couple of things, right, obviously, the Battle of Helms Deep, but even the stuff leading up to that battle the you know you, you can, it's interesting how you can see the inspiration that Game of Thrones pulled yeah. from the uh, the Battle of Winterfell directly from the Battle of Helm's Deep, and obviously you know fucked it up because um, the the Battle oh, of the, battle of the
5: bastards like the last minute saving grace you no, I know, I
3: was thinking the Battle of Winterfell how they had that whole episode. Where it was the night before, right, and had oh, all those right. character moments. You yeah. get you get a little bit of that in Lord of the Rings, but the whole aesthetic of the Battle of Helm's Deep is very similar to the Battle of Winterfell, where it's these these overwhelming odds, yes. right? You know, um, and then it's the you know the 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 saving grace at the end, right, where, where Gandalf you know shows up at the end. But anyway, like, so, taking that from beginning to end, right? Just the the point you are mentioning about teaming up before it's too late. When the elves show up and he's like, you know, we're here to, there once was an allegiance between men and elves. Like, we are here to honor that allegiance. And you're just like, you immediately start to get like, you know, the goosebumps and like the skin crawls. It's a big feel, like the Bill Pullman speech. Like, I'm 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 not an elf, but now I'm patriotic elf. Yes, (laughs) like you're so ready for it. And then the battle, obviously. And then, of course, you know, the battle's not going their way. And then at the, what what was the, what is the exact line? I forget. At the, the dawn of the, um, what is the line that they say that when, when Gandalf shows the top it's like at the dawn of the third light or some shit like that am I making that up Yeah, exactly I'm forgetting what he says but
5: like we'll edit in that clip right now.
3: Yeah, actually, uh, what like, a what? quote! That's yeah. great, <laughs> amazing. Uh, but yeah, seeing that scene is just you know Gandalf coming down with the Riders of Rohan yeah. and the blinding light. It's just
5: like you just like, get a hard dick and you're like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> and it's such a great scene. But also, that's not the main battle. Like visually, that's the better battle for me. Yep. I think the, the the stakes are a little bit more because when they when they're protecting Gondor and and and, and they're like doing the final battle to to distract the forces of uh, Sauron during the attempt to destroy the ring. The stakes seem less, even though Byte any account, they are worse. Absolutely, like, the stakes are so much bigger because if they lose this battle, all of Middle Earth. Yeah, is all over. Middle Earth is fucked. But it's just because you have all these like men, women, and children hiding behind the walls. You feel the stakes more. In, exactly, in, in, in in especially the two because they they have already fled. You know, uh, uh, Rohan
3: to the to Helm's Deep. Like they're already right. their backs are against the wall, and like yeah, they're they're really just trying to save themselves essentially it's not a battle to gain any sort of ground in the broader scheme of things it's just literally a battle for survival
5: yes so yeah so I think the Two Towers is great because the Two Towers is, to me is the stronger of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of that trilogy the strongest easily. of that trilogy is easily they do such a good job of setting things up in the Fellowship of the Ring even just the beginning of that movie like just like you immediately buy into the Shire you buy into the yep. world having it be a little party with fireworks and all that I just I, and I think the two yeah. towers arguably has the most also in the way of character
3: development yes of your main characters right because the two towers is where you really start to see Frodo become a little bit more corrupted by the ring but yes. also Showing his courage, yes. you really like Samwise becomes a lot less of just a kind of whiny little bitch boy, and yeah, it was kind of like, like his like, Alfred at first, exactly. He becomes, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I always laughed the scene at the end of the Fellowship when he's going out. to I won't leave you, Frodo? And he's like starts to fucking drown because he can't <laughs> swim, and you're just like, oh, what a big dumb oaf! Like at the end of the Fellowship, I was like, I do not like Sam. I do not. I like. I want Sam to die. <laughs> and then by the time the Two Towers was over, I was like, okay, I'm back on the Sam Dan yeah. wagon, like. I can I can I can deal with Sam wise. Um, and then you even get like that weird not weird but like interesting character development with Gala, right? Right. Because he starts off as the you know, the creature who's fully corrupted by the ring. Yeah and then he has that like switch that goes off where he's like, Oh, I don't care about the ring anymore. Yeah. And then it's through Sam's actions and the actions of uh uh, Boromir's brother whose name has escaped me right now yeah. um, that kind of like switch him back to being like full on bad guy right? you know so it's like even in the span of that movie and then you have you know Aragorn coming more into his own he becomes
5: he becomes a leader in this you exactly know, he you know, becomes the you leader. see that at the begin- you know you, you see the beginnings of that when Boromir dies you know Boromir redeems himself and then they have this moment as Boromir is dying in the end of the fellowship R.I.P.
3: Sean Bean every you, movie ever you know he's gonna be in, you know he's, he's gonna, he's gonna die. die you know <laughs> And
5: and I think this this is one of those um, movies where I think that whole meme or proto meme that idea started because when he was everybody knows what the story is right These right are, you know sixty years old so when he was announced as the person who was going to play Boromir it was like oh it makes sense Boromir dies yeah Boromir dies yeah
3: because <laughs> at, at that point he had already died in Golden Eye. Um, I think that he had already died, or was very soon going to die in Equilibrium as yeah. well. You know, he, he dies in fucking everything. He, he di- yeah, you know, it's, it's never going to go well. It's great, It's great. He's he, I mean, he's such a great actor, though. Everything yeah. he, you know, and then and then what? Ten years later in uh, Game of Thrones. Exactly. God. You know, and like, they knew that from the beginning too. Because everybody yeah, cause read cause Game read of Thrones knew that it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. yeah Start. Fuck.
5: <laughs> so yeah, two towers,
3: epic ending. Just ep- it, it's. So let's ask. I have another question yeah. to ask that, for me, isn't really explained all that well in the movies. I'm wondering if it's explained more in the book, um, the return of Gandalf. So right, how he so he dies. So he actually dies. dies. Is yes. he like? resurrected or is it like and who's doing this resurrection because he makes it sound like he's gone to like you know like a Dragon Ball Almost Z like style like other thing. world yeah. yeah like he's gone to other world and he's come back and he's like the halo's removed from his head and he gets a power up like what can you explain that to me because that's one thing I never I, I obviously accepted it right no, you're just a fucking badass yeah but they don't really explain it that well in the movies
5: no in, in, the, in the movies it's just like well it, there's an aspect to it where he is uh, replacing See, that's how I. Because, because like, Saruman the White, and and then this is something you see um, what what I like about the Hobbit movies. So, in the Hobbit movies, um, they have, like, a council. Right. Where, um, as as shit's going down with the Hobbit and and the dwarves are going to reclaim their kingdom and kill a dragon, um, Saruman, Elrond, Galadriel, and Gandalf all meet. And, and um, you see that they're the ones who, like, protect Middle-earth. It's their job. And so what they end up doing is that that's where they kind of establish the importance of having a white wizard. And there are several wizards. You see another wizard, Radagast, in The Hobbit as well, who's not really mentioned that much in the book. So these different colors of wizards, and basically there needs to be a white wizard because there's no longer is one because he's been corrupted by Sauron. Yeah, and see, that's the way that I always kind of viewed it as well.
3: Like, I look at it as there's, like, this, you know council, right, that right. you never see, you never really hear more because, you know, Gandalf speaks a little bit about it in the in the fellowship where he's like, oh yeah, Saruman's my boss. Like, you know, he's the, exactly. he's yeah. the head honcho, right? And with him turning to the dark side, basically, yeah. right, um, the council was like, yo, Gandalf, you're up. We need, you know, a yeah. white wizard. And so it's like, we're kind of granting you this, you know, this power now. Um, and, like, you know, go back and do good things, which is, like... So, like, again, even though it wasn't, like, fully explained, they give you enough where you could theorize about it a
5: little bit. And,
3: again, it's fucking Gandalf.
5: He's well, you know a, what? He's such a badass. And also, I'm, I'm curious here. Maybe one of our people... We have some people, friends with us here. Maybe they know. Graf, do you or do you guys know what happens with Gandalf? How is he resurrected? Is there, like, a story behind that? Do either one of you know? And pull up the microphone yes, if you and know the please answer. Please speak into the <laughs> microphone if you're going to... Watch the cable. Yeah, serious.
1: I mean, are we saying beyond the battle with the Balrog?
5: Yes. So, so the question that Matt had was, "What the fuck is the battle of the Balrog?" That's the big fire dude. Is that the, the, is that f- the language a, I should use? Oh, the Bal. Yes, 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 So, how is he? What, what is the what is the magic behind him being resurrected? Is is the question? This is Sam, by the way. She's a friend friend of the podcast, and she's going to be our little fact checker here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And nerd.
3: you forgot your elf. <laughs>
5: you forgot your elf ears.
3: I don't You're not actually. as dedicated as oh, these girls uh, are okay. but So
1: I was going to bring okay. a whole outfit, sir, and you guys told me not to wear it. Uh, who's you guys? I did not say that. dedicated. I didn't
5: say I that. I said you should pack I said it in the no car but not be dressed up in it. There are women with elf ears, so if you had elf ears, you know, you'd yeah. be good to go. I said no such thing.
0: I, I am disappointed that she's...
5: It would give her, her answer. Yeah, she has I, I also,
0: I saw the
1: picture. I I also love that
3: she like refuses to hold her own microphone and grabs holding yes. it yeah, for he's her. He's
1: holding it for me. <laughs> i feel very ladylike. And, and it would give whatever answer you're about
5: to give more authority if you were wearing yes. like a full on like.
1: I know the like the we'll, It was we'll, actually we'll, a Toriel, <laughs> Which, if you Matt, who's Toriel?
5: Who?
3: What?
1: Who's Toriel? No fucking
3: clue. He didn't see the Hobbit movies. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the Hobbit movies. I had no interest in watching the Hobbit movies. But we'll get into her in a
5: moment. But yeah. So where did where did White Gandalf come from? What's what's the professional answer? If
1: I remember correctly, I think there's like a whole issue where like he is he fights the Balrog. He's like in the bottom, like and then they're fighting on the way down. The sword, the whole deal. There's, there is there's a whole story with it yeah, in the
5: cause, books. Yeah, because it's like, why well, does he of the, the, the a, white? That's
3: what we're That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, ex-
1: like, resurrected. Right. Yeah,
3: in the movie they explain yeah. it, like, you know, the, how he has the battle, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I actually fucking died. But boom, oh, James knows? Yeah. Ja- oh, well, all right, then then James, grab the other make. mic. That's why I got the extra mics set up for just this event. So in the mythos of Lord of the Rings... Um, I can't, I can't, talk. Uh, yeah, just closer. closer. There you go. Perfect. All right.
2: So, in the mythos of Lord of the Rings, there are um, five wizards. They were set up by the the original god of the Lord of the Rings. I can't remember what it is, but the god of creation. Each wizard is imbued with certain powers. And
5: that's a color thing, too, right? That's you a color see? thing. With yeah. Radagast is what. Radagast is the yeah, yeah. brown. Oh, whoa, whoa! Easy with Radagass. the
2: color talk. <laughs> There's two blue wizards. Isn't like the one of them they're like twins. Tom there's something? Blue. Wait, there's blue wizards too. That's, yeah, so there's two Tom blue ben wizards, and that wizard that's where though. the eagles come from. Okay. I don't think. He's and then wizard. there is Gandalf the Gray. Yes. And Saruman the White. And so they're like special, like kind of like angelic figures. So they all descend from this one song that is spread from the God. This was so, the answer we were looking so for—the very did, specific answer. So you I, I mean to tell me, like
1: ages ago? So you mean to tell <laughs> okay, me I that should.
3: I could have had a trilogy of movies about badass, different colored wizards, but instead I got a trili- <laughs> trilogy of movies about a fucking midget? Well, I you, call never call you never know. You never know what <laughs> Amazon's <laughs> going to do now. About the history of the wizards—that sounds so much
5: fucking better. So, so then, James, the question then is: So is the idea that are we reading it right? That once Sauron um, corrupts Sauron, is that like it's almost like? That, like, office is open. There's no longer a white wizard. So, like, Gandalf has to fulfill that role. Is that kind of the way? Like, he's, like, the Secretary of Agriculture. He takes over after the, uh, the second terrible <laughs> event in the President's Gun.
2: That would be uh, kind of my interpretation of it. Gotcha.
5: All
1: right. So, I it's, love so, it. so it's, like it's a like the Secretary of, of Education in Battlestar Galactica. And she eventually... <laughs> 100%, yes. She becomes the president. That's amazing. Yeah. I love
2: that. But basically, the elves are the first race that was brought forth by the song. Yes. The dwarves are the second race. And men are the third race.
5: I oh, no want to be sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so that's how it works. Well, out. thank
5: you for that. So, so we have a uh, the audience is, is uh, answering our questions. I love it. that's why I set up the extra mics.
1: Yeah, I'm not the like expert on that stuff. I have read the books a long time ago. I play more along the lines of like F. Mary, kill Mary and Pippin, Sam and Frodo.
3: Oh, that would be fun. Would you would you marry would you marry
5: Mary?
1: No no okay Mary and Pippin are a package deal which is why you fuck them. Okay. Okay. Doesn't it also seem
5: like Frodo and Sam are a package no, deal? No no no
1: the obvious because answer. Sam gets married? The yeah. obvious answer is you marry Sam. Everybody marries Sam. You 100% marry Sam. I can see and that. you kill Frodo, like these, these. You know,
3: definitely kill Frodo. You, By the end of the third movie, I was so fucking over Frodo. I wanted him to just ju- jump in the fucking fire. I you should not a bit have of a to short... think about this. Yeah. You should
1: definitely you kill Frodo. You you have sex with Merry and Pippin. It's probably a fantastic threesome. And then <laughs> you marry Sam. All right. So what about, yes. what, about
3: what about Aragorn, Legolas, and uh, uh, oh Gimli?
1: Um, Jesus. I mean, teenage me wants to say you have sex with Legolas because I was obsessed with Legolas. But like adult me obviously matured and got over, you know, fairy boy. So I would say (laughs) you kill Legolas, you have sex with Gimli, because he's probably good in bed, and you marry Aragorn. Yeah, uh, Legolas- I would
0: go with marry. The the dwarf because I feel like that's a much more fantastic relationship because you could just well have a beer, have hang out, whatever. Yeah, also, dwarves know how to yeah, party.
5: Also, exactly, dwarf women have beards, so I have a beard, so I'd be his type, right? I think I'd be, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. There yeah. we go. Leg- Legolas is definitely the. I would the never Chad have to shave again.
1: It would be great.
4: <laughs> oh man! All right, and which, so that's the two towers. Yeah, that's the two towers. <laughs>
5: And uh, then we move on to Return of the King, which is out of all the films that we've talked about on our podcast, Return of the King is the most awarded film. Yes. So it got Best Picture. I always viewed that Best Picture Oscar as more of like just a tremendous achievement like yes. totally deserved it you know I think I liked The Two Towers more it was more of almost a lifetime achievement award for the movies it also has the most yeah. endings of any movie ever yes like well it's it's just the original version the theatrical version it's three hours and twenty minutes right? which is
3: twenty minutes longer than the two previous ones I know I'll never, I'll never forget seeing that movie in theaters and you're just like you know you're getting ready like alright time to go then you're like oh wait there's more okay time
5: to go Oh wait, there's more. Okay, time to go. Jesus fucking Christ! I thought this movie was already over. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned that because one of the most controversial things omitted um, in the trilogy of movies from the books is another ending. There, it in the there's books, another ending in the books. Oh, a the very elves. involved <laughs> ending. It's called the Scouring of the Shower of the Shire, rather. Sorry. Yeah. And so at the end of the books, the hobbits go back, and like you know that. Um, they don't think that. The bar that they met um, Aragon in at the beginning of the movies. So they go back to that bar, and then, which is like right all over the border of the Shire. And they learn that this like distant relation of um, Bilbo and Frodo has taken over the Shire in like a coup with Wormtongue, and he's like, and it's supposed to be like an allegory for the industrialization of the English countryside. But what happens is like the Shire is now like a conquered industrialized thing, kind of like <laughs> what they did around the Tower of uh, Saruman. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're just doing that to the Shire, and, like, they have to, like, get a resistance and come back and, like, and this fight... this happens after, like, this the ending? This is the end of, of the... Yeah, this is, this is like another ending. So instead of coming back and, like, Sam hitting on the bartender at, yeah. a, at the Ale House, they have to, like, fight this despotic uh, hobbit. This whole thing with Wormtongue. <laughs> Dude, that's, like, some real Baywatch night shit right there. Like, yes. So... So if they didn't cut that out, which a lot of a lot of like hardcore Tolkien fans are, you know, didn't like that that movie would have had almost like it's like because that easily to do that justice would have been another like thirty minutes. That's a whole nother I gonna, ending. I was just gonna say,
3: can you imagine being in the theater and like,
5: they you know they have they they finish
3: the battle at the Black Gate right, and then you have the the wedding right, Aragorn Aragorn becoming king and all that stuff, and yeah. then you see like. Sam coming back to the Shire, and the Shire's just on fire, and they have to have another battle, and there's like another forty minute battle. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be so confused,
5: but it would be such an epic troll, also. And you kind of see part of it too. Um, there is a sequence um, where Frodo is talking to Galadriel, and she's showing him, like almost like in this like mirror type thing, like a like a potential future. And you kind of s- and, and you see like the Shire on fire and all that. That's what it would have been like. That's so. That's yeah. so great. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So, so despite all the endings of the Return of the King, there could have been many more. And,
0: Sorry, I'm taking. And pictures. so that's it. So
5: 2003. That's the end. You know of the of the trilogy. Because as we discussed, in you know, all three were filmed back to back to back. Because obviously, that's the best way to do something of this level. Well, and and that's one of the reasons why
3: I think you get such good quality um, of everything. in these movies because they were filmed together it was up until that point um i mean
5: keep me honest here but there no movie trilogy had ever been done like that as a trilogy um you know back to the future two and three were shot together right um superman one and two were mostly shot together midway through they started running out of money so they just concentrated on (laughs) finishing one and then when one was a big success they went back to finish two but about a, a and quarter, they re- and they added his Super S logo powers. Yeah, that, that, that's why the movie has a disjointed tone in Superman yes. because, like Midway through but yeah, this was the first um, trilogy where this was the plan from the beginning, and they succeeded. You right, know, they, they, they were right into it, and then, and then we have almost a ten-year period until we get the the, the next bit. So, right, so which I never
3: m- thought was going to happen. Like I said, you know, kind of yeah. going back to my original point, the given how much time had passed it just it just made me feel like the whole concept of making a trilogy based on the hobbit which was one book right felt just like a money grab it just the whole thing felt shallow to me and again i never saw the movies but i know for a fact that they were not as well received as the original trilogy despite being made by you know peter yep. jackson and having very much a lot of the same quality to them yeah
5: they're they're not as strong as the lord of the rings trilogy my main critique is that I enjoyed The Hobbit the most out of all four of these of these books. Right. And what I enjoyed about The Hobbit was it had that everyman appeal. Very much, you know, how like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, he's just a farm boy, gets cut off in this big stuff, and then you learn later about his lineage and all his connections. But you're seeing the whole world of Star Wars through his eyes. He's just a regular guy getting caught up in a big world. And that's very much what happens in The Hobbit. You know, in The Hobbit, Gandalf knows Bilbo from when he was younger you know he's like an old friend of the family he shows up out of nowhere and brings him on an adventure and the opening bit with the dwarves in that movie is by far its strongest part there's a a great song um over the misty mountains that's just haunting and beautiful and and like this whole sequence where they're like getting ready to go to the dragon it's all great like yeah but like overall the problem with the movie is that they lord of the Ring-ify it, if you will like the hobbit is a very contained yeah. single journey and um and and the lord of the rings is like big and all about the big storyline oh we have another member of the audience here guys from one of the locations of the free blockbuster box we have brandon from uh brew and main street matter has just joined us yeah i literally i literally was about to call you richie <laughs> My i know i know i was like i was like your hair was a lot shorter last time i saw you richie yo welcome come on in man <laughs> and this is the perfect time to mention that uh you know, when we release this episode, we are gonna have um, Lord of the Rings movies at all the locations. In fact, Richie, right in front, of you, if you see there, we got uh, all the extended editions. So we're we're gonna have DVDs that is got, your um? We're being told by members of the audience that we should have watched the extended editions. And she's been
3: texting me that for like three days. I'll just shut the fuck <laughs> up. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ed, do you have access to the uh, invoice? Because I can't on
5: my phone for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So we're, we're about to put in our second order of drinks. What are you going to go with this time? I want the Elven Bread one. I forget. What was it called? The, uh, um, shit I had it right here.
3: The,
5: the Lavender Lemon Lembas, please. Lavender Lemon, that's what I had first. That's the one that comes with a little yes. biscuit on the side, which is nice. I know, I like, I like. I'm
3: going to go and, with the Grog. I like when my cocktails come with, good. uh, come with snacks. Nice. I enjoy when my cocktails come with snacks. 3VR Distillery, producer of unusual craft spirits featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room in Keyport, New Jersey. 3VR's unique Gorovka spirit, made from peas, is an homage to a family recipe secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Um, so anyway, but, yes, but continue yes, on, so the, getting on the, into the
5: And then before The hot was even made, uh, it ran into all types of trouble because they, they originally were going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. So in fact, if you watch the movies, you'll see he still has a screenwriting credit. Uh, oh, he be- does. Yeah, because so because they were so deep into production on it that like he his fingers were all over the script. Now they didn't
3: film these at the same time that they did the original trilogy, right?
5: No, no, they filmed them about ten years later.
3: No, 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 no. I, I didn't mean that. I meant the the way that the original trilogy was all filmed at the same time. No, it was all filmed at the same time. They did. Yeah. They did the yeah. same yeah. trick. Okay. Yeah,
5: and uh, because originally it was supposed to be two movies. Right. And then later right, in you the post-production that, yeah. uh, process, they realized the that- fact that
3: Christopher Lee returned to Saruman in those movies is like, well, he had to have been like what
5: uh, late '80s at that point, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and, and obviously they used a double, but that, that yeah. But, but, but those little connections, him, and then having. Um, Ian McKellen uh, return as Gandalf, Hugo Weaving as Elrond, Kate Blanchett as Galadriel, having all of them return in those characters. Yeah, that was very really, cool. It re- really made the whole thing work. But yeah, so it started off as Game of the Tour, He wanted to have a little bit of a different look. Like, it was always supposed to be connected to Peter Jackson, so the general, right. like, look would have been the same. But what's interesting is that um, he wanted to be more fantastical. Like, the idea was it was supposed to be a brighter, nicer world because, you know, this is pre. Saruman, you know, really becoming strong, and Saruman getting a, right, you know, um, corrupting Saruman. So, like, this whole idea would have been that, like, it was it was more like it was less dark than the Lord of the Rings, but it ended up being pretty dark because Peter Jackson took over after. So, so the movie was delayed for years by like an MGM uh, bankruptcy (laughs) and all these rights issues and all this stuff, and then eventually they were able to do it. But I like how they tie it in directly to Lord of the Rings because you see the older actor playing Bilbo in home, you see him writing and kind of bookending the whole series because he's like writing the story of the Hobbit right at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. So like just like in Lord of the Rings begins with that party, that is where the Hobbit um, trilogy begins. So
3: is the, who is the, so explain to me, because again, didn't really watch
5: or read. Explain to me who who Smaug is. So he's a dragon. So it's a very simple story. Whereas, like, Lord of the Rings is about epic, you know, end of the world, great evil. Right. It's much more contained. What happens is that friends of Gandalf, who are dwarves, (laughs) were kicked out of their homeland by a dragon. Okay. They had this very powerful kingdom. The dragon is sentient. Yes. Okay. And it's inside a mountain. Just like that mountain we see in Lord of the Rings, the the dwarf architecture. Yep. They were in one of those. So Moria is what we see in Lord of the Rings. In The Hobbit... It's um, it's a much more ornate and much more powerful kingdom. Okay. Oh, yeah, rabbit, yeah. And that kingdom and a, the city Dale that was right outside it were decimated by a dragon. So like, but, so the, the leader of the dwarves currently, this is over 60 years later, his name is Thorin. And he nice. is the last surviving of this line of kings. And his grandfather was king at the time. Basically, dragons love gold. The dwarves had a bunch of gold. So a dragon came in Destroyed the, the destroyed the kingdom and just f- destroyed the city outside, and lived in the in in the uh, inside the mountain. And does the it's, Hobbit? oh go on. So then the Hobbit is, is wrapped up in all this by Gandalf because he he remembers Bilbo as a kid, knew that he used to be adventurous, right? And he wants to get him involved because he's going to be their burglar. They need somebody who's like small, and and uh, the way they describe it is somebody who's kind of overlooked. He's going to be. Like the one who helps them get because they need to you know they need to sneak in basically. Yeah.
3: Now, does The Hobbit chronologically take place before the events that they talk about—the beginning of the Fellowship with the Battle of Sauron—or after?
5: No, because all that stuff with the Ring is is that's at a different age. That's right. Like, that, yeah. That's that's thousands of years. Before okay. That. So technically, this is only like sixty years before. Okay. So it's
3: technically, the same age. Right. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Because I was never really. Clear on no, that because no, I, yes, I knew the beginning of the fellowship was like thousands of years, you know.
5: Yeah, right around the same lifespan of a human. I was going to ask so this that. This is when Bilbo is just a younger man,
3: right? I was going to ask that because it always seemed to me they never really touch
5: on it in the movies, but that hobbits seem to have a similar lifespan yeah. as as humans. And he's 111, or yeah, 110, I think they they call it in the book. 110, yeah. Ale- Second <laughs> breakfast. Um, does Gandalf is he a
3: human technically, or wizards? Or are they a different Class
5: of, they're like their own thing because because they established like the wizards kind of came to Middle Earth. Yeah, because I remember there's, uh, a, there's at like the a, beginning th- of the Third Age. Yeah,
3: because I remember there's like a throwaway line, and I can't remember I can't remember if it's in Fellowship or Two Towers where Gandalf mentions like his other lifetimes. Yeah, and it makes it sound like he's
5: you know been around for hundreds if not thousands of years. And we'll get into that with some of the fodder because there is a character in gray robes with a big scraggly beard and walking around. The Amazon Prime trailer for the rings of power. Oh fuck, yeah. So, you know, like your only thought can be Give me Who is this scraggly guy with grey robes who's talking to a bunch of um, basically proto hobbits. We'll get into it. He's talking to these Hobbit like people. Yeah. But yes, yeah, is so, that for this episode or What's up? Is that for this episode? Oh that's for this episode. Oh, let's yeah. go. Let's get into it. Yeah, so 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 that's what I think is uh, so so the Hobbit I think is great. I think it it suffers, I think, as a series from spreading things out a little bit yeah because you know you're taking a small book you make it into three yeah
3: no totally i mean there's only so much you can do um with with that story and it gets you get into again you get into like game of thrones territory where you're trying to you know fabricate something that's not there and again this is not to say that um you you can't take what's in the books and kind of make something your own out of it you very much can um because you know that that will work, but there's just no—you run the risk, right, of it not fitting nicely, yeah. or unfortunately, just you know, maybe you're. Because it's one thing to be a writer who adapts existing works. It's another thing to be a writer that creates things out of thin air, and you know, sometimes you might not be a good writer, and, you know, yeah. like uh, well, <laughs> some shit goes about, down.
5: <laughs> talking about things out of uh, thin air, Sam mentioned earlier Toriel, and this is. This is canon fodder, so we got to talk about That's the most controversial let's go part I'm of ready. canon in the Hobbit series, which is the creation of Evangeline Lilly's character, Toriel. So she is a complete creation of the series. For the movies. Yes. So there's different changes that Jackson makes. Like, for instance, he adds in Legolas in the Hobbit. Like He was, right. he was alive, but you never saw him in the books. But especially in the Desolation of Smaug and the Battle of the Five Armies, he's a major character. Right. But Toriel, and she has this, like, subplot that's like a love triangle between her and Keely and Legolas. It becomes this, like, major part of the movie. And even to this day, if you go on to, like, any of these, like, Wikipedias that are, like, for Lord of the Rings. Right. There's these giant things about how she's not canon and she wasn't created by Tolkien and, like, a lot (laughs) of anger about her being involved. I actually really enjoy her character. Yeah. I think she adds because Keely's death, he's basically one of the – dwarves dies um, as they're trying to retake the mountain and it gives his death more of a um, more of a purpose because he's dying in the process of saving this woman he loves and he has a little bit of a love story and there's not a lot of elves in the hobbit like the elves play a very small part in the hobbit right and having her and like Olas be involved like it just it just makes the world a little bit bigger but yeah that's that's a big thing so he completely creates a new character almost but then again people forget Batgirl Harley Quinn Ahsoka they yeah. weren't from the original source material. Batgirl right. was created for the TV show and then joined the comics. Right, you it's know, not like it's a partly. Like is created for a cartoon. And joined the comics. Yeah, it's like we said. You know, like sometimes it
3: works and sometimes it doesn't. So that's. I want to talk about this real quick. Um, also, there were no women in the Hobbit, so
5: it just makes sense that they throw in one. Right. Exactly.
3: <laughs> Let's talk about. I want to talk about this real quick. Who. So, we, we talk about this a lot on our on our episodes when we get into things like Star Wars and, you know, the Marvel Universe and yeah. Star Trek. Um, Star Wars fans are notoriously shitheads. Yes. Um,
5: Star Trek fans, not shitheads. Well, but they shouldn't be. The whole point of Star Trek is diversity. So exactly. any time a Star Trek... Fan complains about diversity. It was just like, what are you watching?
3: No, I don't even mean about complaining about diversity. I mean, just, I mean just mean like complaining about like you know like oh like there's, this 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 shouldn't be this way because you know the fucking Vulcans right. would never act like that. So who is what of these different groups of fandoms? Are Lord of the Rings fans? Because I've never heard of like a bad thing really about Lord of the Rings fans, but I also don't get like too deep into the fandom
5: with them. So I'm so curious what we think of Lord of the Rings fans. Well, I like how we're about to either attack. You're basically opening up the uh, yes, <laughs> a no, potential to attack the yes. audience. No, I actually think they're better than most fan groups, and I would say it's because they're luckier. Right. Because Star Wars has had some pretty shitty adaptations as of late. Yes. And and, um, and Star Trek has a little bit less of that, but but they have such a huge amount of things that like some of the early Star Trek stuff isn't good. The Hobbit's so. The Hobbit is so. The Hobbit fans, the Lord of the Rings fans, are lucky because even though we talked about the Hobbit not being as strong as Lord of the Rings, I mean, one of their movies won a Best Picture. Like, these, like these series are strong yeah. movies, and, like, it, and it and it's one of those things too where it's
3: like you can't really argue the fact that the Lord of the Rings movies have just infinitely superior screen script writing, oh yeah. um, dialogue wise yeah. to. Star Wars and
5: well, I mean definitely Star Wars for sure, because Star Wars notoriously has shitty dialogue. Well I'm curious to see if the Lord of the Rings fan base might become a little bit more toxic, for lack of a better word, because I wonder how angry they might be if the Rings of Power doesn't work out. Yes, exactly. Because that's that's where we can this is a perfect segue to get into that, you know, because the Rings of Power, it's very unclear, you know, where this is going to go, but from what we know about it. They seem to be taking a lot of liberties because if uh, if anybody opens up, which I have right in front of me here, if you open up uh, the Lord of the Rings book, so for instance, I'm grabbing Return of the King right now, in the very back, almost like you would in a textbook, you know, they have these appendices, and it's very simple stuff. I can't believe how
3: small these books are. Yeah,
5: and, and what? It, well, these are Hobbit sized. <laughs> so basically, what it talks about is anytime something is mentioned, like we were talking about earlier, right. Like some. Older kingdom, or um, a song, and or race, the appendices kind of talk about the history of that. So, a lot of the appendices goes into like the intervening time in between the opening scene of the Fellowship of the Ring with the Nine Rings and the Seven Rings and the Three right. Rings and all that, and you know the um, and the beginning of the Fellowship. So that's what's called the Second Age. So it's all about like that period of time is talked about extensively in the appendices, but more like a dry historical nature. Like, more as you know, like you're reading a textbook as opposed to the story of the Fellowship of the Ring in the other book. So, they're pulling from a very extensive, dry history. But that means that a lot of regular characters, like, you know, like who populates these two kingdoms going to war? All the, like, the main soldiers, the backstory, the love interests, all of that is coming directly from, like, than these new writers. So yes. that's where it's a real chance where I think you can get some real complaints. Especially if all of a sudden Gandalf is around. Because he's <laughs> apparently not supposed to be around back then. Right, exactly. But if, but if, but uh, we'll post this on our Instagram page. If you look, at, I mean, at the very least, they're trying to make you think it. It's a dude who's tall. And and like I said, he was talking to kind of a proto-Hobbit. So they're not referred to as Hobbits. So what they are referred to um, as So the idea is that this is thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings as we know it. Right. And there were three races of halflings who were on their way to the Shire. They're not in the Shire yet. And eventually they get to the Shire, they interbreed, and they become one thing like the Hobbit. We're following just one of these types of small people with really big hairy feet. Like, So they are (laughs) Hobbit-like, but technically they're Harfoots, and eventually they become Hobbits. And... There's even a a mention in the Unexpected Journey, the the first Hobbit movie. Yep, they lose Bilbo at one point, and um, when he comes back, they uh, one of the dwarfs says, "All oh, that blasted Harfoot." So it's still in the lexicon even thousands of years later. So right. So that's those. Okay. So if anybody is watching The Rings of Power and thinking, "Oh, I'm seeing a bunch of hobbits running around," no, it's actually Harfoots who like eventually become hobbits. And then, of course, you see Galadriel's around. Yes, she's like she seems to be this badass warrior.
2: Uh, I'm this super excited for the show. Yeah, I'm yeah. super
5: excited. Like I love
3: I love when they can go back and do you know when they can go back and do prequel stuff and make it work, right? Yeah. You know, like so like we talked about, you know, Star Wars a little bit. Everybody was, you know, at first, everybody was very angry about the prequel trilogy. And yes. I think that you need to give a little bit of credit, you know, to the prequel trilogy because people were so up in arms about that shit when it was first announced and then now the prequel trilogy has kind of like its
5: own separate fan base alright our second round of drinks here so I'm taking the grog right now here we go Oh, I'll take a photo of this here guys it is and served I got in the... like this oh, with a bunch of uh... Sorry, on. cream on top here and then Matt has a little lambus on the side yeah I wanted my, my elf biscuit or whatever thank you So, yes, and then The Rings of Power is the most expensive TV show ever made. It has a budget of $715 million. I thought the House of the
3: Dragon was more money. This was more, man. Really? It
5: it costs 5.1 million subscribers. This is unbelievable. This is a swing for the fences. So it's already, you know, multiple seasons are in production. You know, they're obviously going to go a long way. The first season was filmed in New Zealand, which is why it looks so similar. I'm curious if we'll notice some sort of um, decline in quality during the next season because seasons 2 forward are going to be filmed in the United Kingdom. So ah. they'll be so I, I don't know if they're going to have a unit in New Zealand set up. When you when you talk is about Is that a subtle movies, dig at how the United Kingdom is as beautiful as New Zealand? I, th- I just think they don't have the same quality uh-huh. of mountains. No you're out That is that's a great English stereotype. Their, mountain side, <laughs> their mountains, their <laughs> and their food. But yeah, so it certainly sucks. So potatoes. So, so I'm curious if we're going. I'm curious <laughs> if we're going to have worse, like you know, or if it's just like you won't see the same natural beauty, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, the, I but, mean, but I, the first season, which we have yet to see, so we're recording this on August 28th, right? Comes and September some, 2nd, yep. is when this comes out. So, so we just have a couple days left until uh, until this is released. Yeah, I think that they'll do. If my guess would be that
3: if the quality of the scenery suffers in the later seasons when they switch to filming in the UK, they'll probably at least make an attempt to just CGI that shit in. And
5: you could do like a second unit. Like maybe like, it was exactly. like the whole series that's filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, you, could, you could very easily could just go there and just all you need is a couple shots of like small people walking along a mountain. I was just going to say you could, you could
3: very easily get some exposition shots from a second yeah. unit in New Zealand and then do some fancy camera work, close ups primarily with some of the other scenes and then Photoshop, and not Photoshop, but whatever the the, legal, the, the technical movie term yep. is,
5: for those scenery, the exhibition shots in the back. Like, So we'll open it up now. We'll, we'll start, but we have a couple of people here with us. We'll, we'll go around and see. Now that we're talking about the upcoming The Rings of Power TV show, we'll ask if anybody has any ideas or, or things that they want to see from it. I'll start off. I really do indeed hope that this mysterious tall man in gray is Gandalf, even though it is goes against the appendices on page 27, part 6, or whatever it might be. I have a theory on who it's going to be. I, I, I would love if it was him. And I would also like to see him and Galadriel because they they always imply a very close relationship. I wouldn't mind, even though it's also very uncanny, a full-on r- a relationship or romance or flirting between him and Galadriel. That's where I'm coming from. I, yep. I, I know I know that that's very So that's what I would like to see. I, and I also like the idea of him interacting with these before they become hobbits. Right. I love that there's a potential that, like, Gandalf could have a relationship with the hobbits going back, you know, centuries.
3: Yeah. So I'd love to see that. So what do you want to see, Matt? So I don't know if I have anything specifically that I want to see because, again, it's not based on any, you know, like, um, actual work aside from his writings related to the, uh, you know, the appendices and things like that. So I think there's a lot of room for them to play around from the story perspective, But specific, I've been thinking about this since you mentioned it, specific to your man in gray with the long beard comment, I personally think it would be badass, going back to what we talked about with the lives of wizards and how long they um, can potentially live for and where they come from. I think it would be badass if the guy in the gray is Saruman before he gets promoted to...
5: Being oh, a white wizard! Because, like we just established, you know, like you can, you, you, you can, gotta, you can't get that promotion. Right? There's like know, a hierarchy. You know, right? you like, you work your way up. Yeah, you, you gotta know? pay your
4: dues,
3: right, to get to like the top. You know, you don't just wake up one day and decide to be a white wizard. Like, you got to pay your dues. So I feel like it would be cool. Like, I would still love to see Gandalf in the show, obviously, because it's fucking Gandalf, right? But I think it would be cool to have a have that be a younger version of Saruman. It's, you know, it's heavily implied in the, the the original trilogy that not only is Saruman more powerful, obviously, than Gandalf, but he's much older than Gandalf. That's yeah. very much implied in the movies. So I think it would make sense playing on that whole, can wizards actually live for a very long time, a younger version version of Saruman. Before he's become the become the White Wizard, I think that'd be pretty fucking badass. And
5: that could be a fun reveal because you know they could not mention his name at first, right? Because everybody would expect it to could be Gandalf. This tall guy walking around in gray. Right. Everybody thinks, oh, this is Gandalf. Because it's and obviously not going to be at the Ian end of McKellen. the episode. Oh, what's your name? Right. And, and then like credits. You right. Because yeah. it can't
3: be Ian McKellen or or you know Chris Ruly is dead. Right. Right. And Ian McKellen is like far beyond eighty at this point, so he's not going to be coming back for this you know yeah. this show. So yeah, I you could easily also hide who is going to be. too like
5: so, so before we pass it on, because I know uh, Anthony Graf here, is, he wants to mention something. They released the, um, they released the entire soundtrack for this, and I actually had a long drive this you week. He said you listened to the. Whole I listened to the entire two and a half hour drive as I was driving up to Hudson Valley. Is it just like like fucking loot music the whole it's time? No, I mean, it's like, like literally, they released every song that's playing throughout all the episodes. They basically oh. released the entire soundtrack. And it's by Howard Shore. the same guy who did the music for both *Lord of the Rings* and *The Hobbit*. Yep. And it definitely has his style and his feel, just like Danny Elfman or John Williams. You know, they kind of all sound the same. But what they ended up doing is they couldn't use any of the exact themes. Right. So you know how like there's like the Hobbit theme. There's like that like the, the, the orcs have their own theme. Nothing exact. So they can't bring back anything. It has the same feel but nothing exact, even though it's his own music, so that's, because of rights issues with the studio that made the movie.
3: So that's one thing I want to say, sorry, before we get to you guys. One thing I forgot to mention that I just wanted to touch on real quick is the music in the trilogy, the original trilogy. I never saw The Hobbit. Um, it's it's great. Obviously, yeah. it, it, it serves its purpose. The one thing I always felt that Lord of the Rings was lacking for how epic everything else is about the trilogy is an epic fucking theme song. Yeah, it's the it could one have been thing better. I've always I, felt
5: that it's like lacking. Like, like, I think the Hobbit music's even better. I think the individual Hobbit the theme, Hobbit. and it's a little bit more like light and airy. I think the Hobbit music is better, yeah. but, it's, but, but it's very the similar. The song so, that the dwarves
0: and, did in the, Hob- so. the first Hobbit movie was epic.
5: Yes. That
0: was fucking yeah. epic.
5: So they did really cool. So so, so this is uh, Anthony, guys. So Anthony, what, what did you want to see from this new Rings of Power show, based on what we know, or, or what is your hope? It apparently has several seasons, so we can see a lot.
0: So, I mean, you started off this show just talking about, like, the beginning battle scenes. And that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. I think Game of Thrones, like, even if you didn't like, uh, what was it, Season 7? I think Battle of the Bastards was the best, most epic by far f- medieval battle-like fr- fight in history. Like, it blew out brave, Braveheart. Brave yes. Heart. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It like and which was the previous, I want to say, front runner of like medieval battle. Right. And so, my main thing is like, I, I'm hoping to see some really fucking cool battle scenes that are like elves like, doing like yeah. crazy shit, hobbits doing. And you crazy just reminded shits. me of something that I want to see in the series
3: too that I forgot to mention. I would love if seeing a, since it's on Amazon Prime, and they've got a little bit, you know, the the audience is a little bit broader, right? It's probably less targeted at you know, a younger demographic. Yeah. I would love, because your, your Battle of the Bastards mentioned made me think of this, I would love to see um, a little bit more violence, a little bit more gore. Not over the top, you know, but just a little bit more adult natures. Yeah, you of see the, a lot of
5: death in both trilogies, but right. not a lot of blood. Yeah, there's not a lot not of a blood. Not a lot of, like, same, yeah. yeah. You know, and,
3: and
0: Game of Thrones goes, you know, sometimes a little bit too far, but I would love to see somewhere in the middle. And Battle of Bastards was... The chaos that you kind of seen wars, like saving Private Ryan and the Normandy launch, it's a lot of like, it's more realistic. Real, yes, yeah, realistic chaos that like battle battlefields have. It's not and less it's, like, yeah. like. So I'm hoping a little bit of that kind of element of chaos. I mean, the Lord of Rings were much more kind of organized. I would say they're still very epic, but they were a lot more organized than like sort of the, the big chaos that you see, yeah. Saving Private Ryan or Battle of It's Bass, certainly more it's cinematic and choreographed, yeah, yeah. for sure. And,
3: so, and, and and there's something to be said for that, but I agree. I would love to see a lot a little more realism in some of these battles. That would be pretty sweet. And
5: I think you might get your wish, because it seems like from the trailer that the 700 show... $700 million. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the show picks seems to pick up after a great battle of sorts. Because they talk about Galadriel's brother being dead. They talk about the war being over. So it certainly seems like the show could pick up with this this big battle. Hopefully, you see. So, what? Anybody else have a theory or or hope? Okay. So, Sam, what what do you want to see in the Rings of Power?
1: Um, So, as a Lord of the Rings fan, like I was one of those people who like went to the midnight showings, you know, multiple times, read the books. Um, I have to say I have very little expectations because I don't want to be disappointed. Like. I have high hopes for Amazon Prime, but I also did, like, they recently had a high fantasy series. I don't know if you guys are aware of Wheel of Time. Yes. Which is my most favorite series of all time. But that's much more complex,
5: too. Yes. Like, it's literally the wheel in the title. It's a it's a circular, like, reincarnation-based thing. And they also, they didn't go book by book, too. No, but, like, yeah. literally
1: in the first episode, they changed. Oh, that was me. Sorry. All right, so we
5: got another cocktail coming in. This one is the White Tree.
1: Yes. Got to represent, you know, Faramir and Boromir. Um, But, like, they literally changed things in the first episode, like, by giving a main character a wife. Now... You can't see my face, but I'm making a very... It doesn't, he doesn't like, like it, guys. This is do like a like Mino, of- Mino likey.
5: So, are you going to be one of these people who's going to be really. Like, like like? But did you like. You like Toriel, obviously. What, you I do. Like I g- obviously well, like that Well, no, it's just the, the, dress,
1: the dress is called the Toriel. Like, goes. I don't he dress yeah, up as Toriel. It's a great looking dress. Um, no, I just. I, I want it to be good, but I'm going in with, like, no expectation of would just... Would you be a person
5: who would be angry if, let's say, this is Gandalf that we see in the trailer, and Gandalf is in Middle Earth? hundreds if not thousands of years before he's supposed to be. No,
1: no. Be I just okay want it, to be, just want it to be good. I just want it to be yeah. good. you're
5: okay with small changes? I'm
1: okay with small changes yeah. but like when you give someone a wife when like literally they have this epic love story in the book and you're like, what?
5: I know what you're talking about in The Wheel of Time. It, it, it does change... It does change the nature like of the, character. Nature like of the like character. Like, a whole nature of the character. Like, you're just yeah. like,
1: what the fuck did you do to my man Perrin? <laughs> yeah,
5: it's it's okay. funny how I always think about that. Like, there are some things, like, some people get, like, angry about if you, like, change the race or the gender of certain yeah, characters. Yeah, like, I'm not I'm not but someone like, who has
1: to follow, yeah. like, the, but you, when you yeah. take something that's the core of a character and right. you change it, yeah. I get angry, okay? Exactly. Like, that's, don't do that. Like, if you're, right. like, take Gandalf and all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's got a family and kids. And you're just like, no, what? What are you doing? Like I, no. hope, I hope
5: Gandalf does. Although it would be fun if Gandalf had to I mean,
1: it yeah, but, I, but I'm trying to think of like an analogy of Dude, Gandalf.
3: I'm going yeah. to start like a Captain America style thing with Gandalf. Like, is Gandalf a virgin? Yeah, like, Has Has I he think, like... I with think he PNZ? is Galadriel. I think they have a little bit of a thing. I know, oh, Gan- Gandalf definitely fucks. Why not? All yeah. right. All right. You, see, you, see that sm- you see that smoke ring ship that he blew in the Fellowship? Gandalf. That, now, if that's Gandalf, not a party trick...
5: If that doesn't if that yeah, if that doesn't get you and yeah. if that doesn't get you laid. Yeah. What well, what well, wizards staff, right? Come yeah, on. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> so taking off of that James, where James, do you where go? got?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it right now. My expectations are low with this, but it could get better. So you never know.
3: Um that, that is the most James answer ever. I have low expectations.
5: That <laughs> uh, way well, you're never disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but but like is there like is there a specific thing be it um, like a story point Or like Is there something you want them To definitely not do Or definitely do Or what do you think
2: Well we know that Gandalf actually has a ring In Lord of the Rings Uh huh Yes So maybe we'll find out How he got that ring Or maybe. That Because
5: now, now where did his ring come Right Because there were what, Seven for the dwarves Nine for men Three for the he elves He got
2: one of the rings Of the elves
5: He got one of the rings Of the elves Okay From Galadriel's Nightstand Just Clapping elf cheeks There we go all right. So, so I, I literally want that scene to happen. No.
2: So that's a possibility. Nice. Uh, we know that he may have, he was the most reluctant of the uh, wizards to actually join up. So it's like everybody else was like, sure, pick me, pick me. <laughs> Gandalf was like, uh, no, fuck you all. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so maybe he might have showed up early and said, yeah, I've seen the real world. Why, why are you making me do this? There we go. So that's a possibility. Yep. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts
5: on Galadriel? Are, are you excited to see, like, warrior Galadriel? Because I am.
2: I am, yeah, for sure. It goes against her character, but...
5: It is interesting because she's known as being, like, this, like, you know, like, flowing robe and all this stuff. And, and like, you see yeah, the Galadriel... Yeah, but thousands of years in the past. Yeah, you see yeah. the Galadriel in the trailer. She's in armor and knights. Oh, we have a point of order from Sam, James. Go for
1: it. <laughs> But there's that one scene where she's like all like e- like angry like, and you see her getting kind of like, fierce. Resists,
5: when she resists yeah, the ring. Yeah, when she
1: resists the ring and you see like a little like boss bitch, Galadriel, she and you're li- like, gonna, ooh. She looks really
5: good in that scene. I know she's yeah. like, that's evil her, so I don't know right. what that says about me, but I thought she looked really good in that. <laughs> hey, man, we all like some weird shit. <laughs> there we go.
0: That's
3: so, how I like my elves, evil. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, the One Ring corrupts everybody. So, exactly. If it if you got a ring already, it kind of corrupts you even more. So. Yep.
3: Hundred percent.
5: All right, uh, Brandon, did you have a? What, do you have a hope or dream for the new Lord Take of that the Rings series? Uh, Take Yep, it's on. Okay, great.
4: Um, more so, I'm interested to see. Like we talked about the action scenes because of hearing how big the budget is, and and all yeah, which is crazy, and also the excitement for I feel like it being a show versus a movie kind of lends itself to being a little more accessible because for those that aren't, are unsure or didn't like the movies at the time um, I don't know I, I met people that, that yes yeah, sadly they are they are. I knew people that weren't too fond of it but maybe as a show with smaller segments they might be able to get into it
5: oh, I'm curious do you think there's going to be a, a, a sizable part of the audience that just like Watches this on Amazon like nothing like, because because part of the reason why we're doing this podcast now is we think a lot of people are probably doing rewatches or binge watching now. Right? Do you think there are going to be some people coming well, in cold?
0: What what time was Lord of the Rings trilogy put out? Like twenty was, years twenty years ago. Years ago. So, so, yeah. so yeah. we're getting first, a lot of Gen Z. That 2001. We're getting a lot of Gen Zs that have never seen the right. original trilogies. And they might not before they start watching this. Yeah. Yo,
3: this is going to be, like I said before, a star, the Star Wars prequel trilogy. It's going to be a bunch of young people that never watched the original trilogy. Yeah. They're going to absolutely love this and, like, fiercely defend it until the day they die but hate the original trilogy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> or similar, like, because into that, man, I know people that started with the trilogy like the originals but still hold – the the prequels as like better. Yeah, because it's like part of their childhood. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, feeling. so you could get people that are that are unaware and get into this because of the show, and like I said, because it's also partially in that like formatable show format. So, yep. like, I'm curious about that and to see what comes out with the budget that it has. So, I
5: love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I think we have. So that's going to be our follow-up. I think that's that's a wrap. Yeah, we're going to do two more episodes. So we'll do an episode on the Rings of Power when it gets released. So we just can do like a whole recap of that. And then Lord of the Rings has so much fodder. There's a Rankin and Bass. I can't wait to get to the fodder. There's a Russian version. There's a couple of cartoons. There is a Russian version, which we would have to record here because we are in a Russian-themed bar. Yes. But one last thing I do want to mention, and I want to throw this out there, and we'll open it up to people on our social media. I don't know if any, many people here are familiar with it, but there is one piece of Peter Jackson fodder. And that is there's a video game series that was made in 2014 and 2017, so right around the time of The Hobbit, you know, one year after The Hobbit, called Shadow of Mordor, and its sequel, Shadow of War. So they were, they were stylized Middle Earth, yeah. yeah. No, yes, so they're the only piece of fodder we're going to talk about in this because anything related to Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson has nothing to do with these, but they take place in between the two trilogies, so in between the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and uh, if you look here on the uh, on the document, we're going to post some of these uh, photos. They borrow heavily from the from the look. Oh yeah. So even though Andy Serkis is in fact the Gollum that you see, yeah. is is the Andy Serkis Gollum,
3: and the Elven armor and, it's, it's and shit. The same yeah. Look.
5: It's a different voice, but it's the same look. They also borrow from the look for um, for Sauron, and they also, um, Galadriel looks very slimmer. So it, they're their own thing. They don't, they, they, they don't technically tie into the movies, but they are trying to have that same look. So I'm curious to see how many people listening to this think that it might be canon. And Sam is laughing, which may be good or might be bad.
1: No, I'm only laughing because I'm such a nerd that I know who voices the golem. It's Liam O'Brien. Yes. Who is a big D person. If anyone is familiar with D D critical role, it's Liam O'Brien. He right. is the <laughs> one who did the the CGI for those games. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah, okay, that's why I'm laughing. Super yes,
5: so nerd. Yes, so none super of
1: those- nerd over here. Yeah. Okay. So none
5: of those voices. Um, and I play those games back. Yes but they're all supposed to look like it. So it's yeah. not any circus, but it looks just like him. Right, exactly. So so they definitely want you to think this so, so it's fancy it, it involves like a ranger who's possessed by an elf who has to like who who's fighting the forces of Sauron on his own. Now I kind of want to play these games. It's actually it's it, the visual is the same, you know, and, and yeah. when they, and when he is talking to the elf who possesses him, the elf looks just like the um the ghostly kings that you see yes. both in the Hobbit and um, the rates or whatever, yeah. that come through. So so they're barring heavily from, from the view. Uh, Sweet. And the style of that. So I just want to mention that. I'm, I'm curious to see. We'll, we'll put that question out there for well, now anybody play, on now our Instagram or games. something. Yeah, and, and we new can new talk about that later. So, yeah, so that's it. So once again, we have recorded this live at 3BR, which is in Keyport, New Jersey. It is uh, – well, we're here every Sunday. Yeah. So it's definitely uh, our favorite place to go around here. Uh, they did a whole special um, – Lord of the Rings cocktail day today Very well attended They're always doing uh, fun things They've been a Star Wars night before They're always coming out with uh, new things And in fact, if you do come here Mention that you came here because of the podcast We'd love that And I would recommend that you try their Lime Cello They they just bottled their Lime Cello And we have been having shots of their Lime Cello uh, For over a year now yes. And in fact, I think we'll order probably around At the end here to celebrate the end of the podcast But uh, yeah, so come to a... To a Keyport, New Jersey. Come to 3BR uh, Distillery right here on Main Street. Fantastic cocktails. And I recommend their line cello. And so, uh, you know, hit us up on the social media. Let us know what you think about our theories. What were we wrong about? Was James right about his wonderful Gandalf theory? Is shadow of Mordor canon? What do you think about Toriel? And uh, we'll talk to you next time when we talk about the Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah, guys, so, thanks for
3: listening. We had a great time today. Thanks to a special guest. We'll see you guys next time. I'm Matt. Ahmed And this
5: Is Cannon fodder (laughs) It never ceases to amaze me
4: What's that? The courage of hobbits
3: (sighs) Go now With as much luck As you can muster